the Howard the Duck comic book is existentialist, and its main joke, according to writer Steve Gerber, is that there is no joke. Quote, that life's most serious moments and most incredibly dumb moments are often distinguishable only by a momentary point of view. End quote. Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Pablo. And this is Cinemazing Chats. And we saw Howard the Duck, so that you didn't have to. <laughs> yes, it was my first time watching Howard the Duck. Uh, we noticed immediately, right off the bat, that there's two sons in this movie, which made me think, is this set in Tatooine? <laughs> oh, there were two sons on the Duck World? Yeah, Duckburg or whatever it's called. Oh, wow. We're hit with a lot. We're introduced to Howard the Duck, someone, a character who's supposed to be likable, I guess, but never really achieves that. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we open to Howard basically being 99% of George Lucas fans, which is sitting in a chair being depressed watching television with a lot of memorabilia on his wall. That's true. For such a famous duck, it seems like Howard has a little bit of duck depression, or maybe he's like not sure about his life. Right. From the memorabilia on his walls, we learn that he starred in pr presumably Duck Lucas's other film, uh, the Duck World version of Indiana Jones. A lot of Indiana Jones references. So we see that Howard Duck might be a YouTube celebrity. He might have birthed Miley Cyrus. <laughs> uh, and this is, of course, the first film in the Marvel Universe to actually be made. So take that, Spider-Man. Uh. And yeah, we learn that uh, the duck planet has all of the same cultural movements. Like I saw a hippie duck and the same movies, apparently. So it's pretty much a parallel universe of anthropomorphic ducks, except that it's in the same time and different place, though, in the galaxy. Exactly. And you're left to wonder, who exactly is this movie made for? Because <laughs> minutes into the film, as Howard is abducted by a portal ray, is what I can best describe it as, he shoots through the walls of his apartment and we get a flash of duck boobs. And I was wondering, why does a duck have breasts? Does that imply that ducks on Duck World evolved some mammalian qualities. Now they lactate and have to have duck nipples for duck breastfeeding. <laughs> so yeah, so we're immediate, we're constantly barraged with uh, the thought of duck sex in this film. With really weird specific duck sex references. Right. And let's see. Oh yes, and so the, the portal transit uh, is very Kafka-esque, we decided. The film is very Kafka-esque. Or, yeah, his portal, his um, sudden portal transport within, like, the first minute of the film where we, the audience, and Howard the Duck are completely unaware of what's going on. And then he's transported to the human world where he's suddenly a monster and people are like, oh, God, look at this duck. And they're afraid of him. So it's pretty much metamorphosis at first. Yeah, one day Howard woke up as a duck. <laughs> yes. Howard the human woke up very, as a duck. One takes place in a very dystopic view of the 80s. Uh, we both decided this must have been made during George Lucas's Coke period. That's <laughs> the only way to explain like some of the ugliness in the film. Right, because Howard is transported from his cushy uh, like living room chair in front of his television to like an alleyway, like an office chair or something that had been discarded out in an alleyway. And then all these like weird 
New York hipsters or something of the 80s come and get him and take him to a show by Leah Thompson. And everyone in the audience hates the duck, which is something that's sort of pervasive throughout the film. People either, like, really hate Howard the Duck or they're just fine with him. Right, because, the, yeah, the first people he meets just drag him to a music show, but then a lot of people are like, ah, duck, like, every time he meets them, they're like, what are you? Some of them might be, like, tripping on whatever, <laughs> sniffing glue, I don't even know. Yeah, that was something I noticed at... Howard uh, had, like, PTSD from his trip when there was, like, a train going by or something in the city. And he was like, oh, freaking out about his portal adventure. Um, And then he said something about having a bad trip. So it was pretty much his acid trip, the whole film. Yes, we decided this film is Howard the Duck's acid trip. It's the only thing that explains the plot. And then immediately from the concert scene, we're introduced to Leah Thompson, who's the other lead in this film. Who might play, I'd say, an idiot? Not sure. (laughs) She's, like, stronger than Tim Robbins, the character. Oh, definitely. Tim Robbins in this movie. But, yeah, but overall, Leah Thompson's pretty weird. She might even be weirder than Howard, because she actually wants to have sex with Howard, but he refuses, because he's even, like, is bestiality right? I don't know. I was definitely having flashbacks to Jupiter Ascending in that film. Natalie Portman's, of course, really into this dog man. And then in this film, we have Leah Thompson, who apparently wants to have sex with a duck. Yeah. She's basically, like, basically she gets him in her bed and is just like, have no inhibitions. Yeah. Come on, Howard. And he's all like, whoa. Howard asks her, like, what's going on? Where am I? And she says... This planet is Earth, I think. She wasn't sure. Or maybe she's a traveler. She too could be an alien, and that would explain why she had no qualms about having sex with a duck alien. That'd be a really good twist, but might be a little too clever for the script. (laughs) So then we uh, hear about Howard's illustrious past. Um, He's been an actor, he was a musician, he's an all-around ladies' man. He is Howard the fucking duck. Yeah, he worked in construction, and now he's wearing suits because he has some sort of, like, office-y job. (laughs) He's a company stooge or something, and is feeling down on himself. Um, since he used to be- live so glamorously, I suppose. In many ways, this film is the rise and fall and rise again of Howard the Duck. Yeah, he finds his new uh, life or whatever uh, on planet Earth. He's special there, basically. He wasn't special anymore, I guess, in duck, on Duck Planet. And I just can't stress enough how grating and, like, horrible the characters are in this movie. Whether it's, like, a result of the script with a lot of, like, humor that just, like, falls completely flat. Or, like, the actors really hamming it up. <laughs> and then Howard the Duck himself, who might be, like, Jar Jar levels of, like really annoying oh yes and we uh, also determined uh since jar jar is a duck build alien and howard the duck is a duck alien and we learn in the movie that there are no accidents in the universe does this mean that george lucas has a duck fetish or a duck True. alien fetish there is definitely a causal strain throughout the movie <laughs> and i totally agree that george lucas's dream is to live on a duck planet Perhaps surrounded by many duck boobs. <laughs> oh, and we need to address uh, Leah Thompson going through his uh, wallet, totally oh, violating God. his privacy. Don't remind me. 
and finding an open condom, but it's like smaller in diameter than a human condom, so we know it's a duck condom. But I guess in Duck Planet, they don't have wrappers for the condoms. Possibly corkscrew. Yeah, we're pretty sure if she had stretched it out, it would have been corkscrew shaped and really long. Definitely. So we're not even like a quarter of the way into this movie, and already we're having to deal with duck boobs duck penises yeah and all the like things that go into being an anthropomorphic animal in a human's world yeah the only saving grace is that other people do seem to look down upon it like when leah thompson says i'm or that's my boyfriend or something about howard and everyone's like ew or that's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> and the audience yes. is agreeing <laughs> everyone's really down on their interspecies uh hooking up yes and then we see, uh, so this movie takes place mainly in Cleveland, which seems a lot worse than Duckburg. I blame some shitty acid. Yeah, it, like, the, it was very dark. The sh film was overall pretty dark. So then we learn a little bit more about uh, Howard's past. He was a plastic surgeon at some point. He oh, right, that's what he was. He was a plastic surgeon. He was a musician, and then he finally uh, started off as a copywriter. Yeah, and he was the Tom Petty of uh, Duck Planet because he was like Howard, his band was Howard and the Heartbreakers. And oh, and he also says he's the master, he's a master of quack foo. So I don't know if that's just a hobby or when you pick that skill up, but. Howard is a master of all things. He knows all. Yeah, he's basically a polymath. Oh, he even gets a job in a temp agency when he tries to get a job uh, on Earth. But since he's a oh, duck, yeah. everyone's afraid of him. But he gets, he seems to get a bathhouse job in Cleveland. And it's pretty much a really dingy place where everyone's like making out and having sex in the corners and he just has to walk around and like clean up or something. Yep, Howard's job is to walk around after the fact and wipe down all the loads. Yeah, basically, that was a really weird um, diversion another, from the plot. Yeah, another thing that makes you question like, who is this movie for? Because it's clearly not for kids. <laughs> not for adults. I'm pretty sure it's not for anyone who isn't George Lucas. Yes. <laughs> oh, and yeah, throughout the movie, Howard kept having uh, new clothes appear because he got transported through that portal very suddenly, but he had uh, multiple outfits. He had like a suit, like casual wear. Didn't he have a robe and PJs? Yeah, who's fitting all these clothes for Howard? Because he definitely didn't have time to pack when he was being sent through a portal. They all had tail holes <laughs> for his ducktail. And then, of course, there's a scene where Leah Thompson's just, like, carrying Howard around in a garbage bag, and nobody seems to really care. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's not like, abducting a child at all in this garbage <laughs> bag. Don't worry about this, officer. It's just, it's just a kid. <laughs> oh, and can we talk about Tim Robbins? He oh, was kind of God. the third actor yeah. in this film. It's a total third wheel in the movie. <laughs> uh, and he was, I guess, a good guy, but he was pretty annoying. Was he good? He was always making like weird sexual innuendos. He like comes to the like show really late and he's like, I'm just here for the naked girls. Yeah, he's definitely really creepy. Like, really I think he knew he was in like in a pile of shit because he was just like totally <laughs> hamming it up. He was playing it up. Yeah. Who was the the bad guy? Who was that actor? Oh, wait, we never even touched on the best part, though. There's that amazing scene where Tim Robbins like reveals his entire like scientific theory on the evolution of duck. Oh, you're right. That was the important. That was why he was uh, brought in, I guess, is he would know about these yeah, duck Leah aliens. Like, I have a friend who really also likes ducks. Yeah, but yeah, so that was an important part because he showed us that, you know, just like we evolved from 
uh, ancient primates and became bipedal, these uh, duck aliens evolved from, you know, little ducks to anthropomorphic looking kind of ducks. George Lucas imagines a world in which we evolved from ducks. Right. And so they've lost the ability to fly. So they keep trying to make that a f hit that uh, home that he's a duck that can't fly and doesn't like flying and the irony of that. And they think that's funny, I guess. He can't, he can't fly. He can't swim. Dude, oh, right. I guess all he can do is quack foo. Yeah, it, it's weird. At times he seems very knowledgeable and at times he seems incompetent. It's very convenient to the script. Right. But at least he's man's greatest dream, a talking duck. <laughs> and who was Jenning? That was the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jeffrey oh. Jones as Dr. Walter Jenning. So he yeah, had to so play two like characters. Day, like Tim Burton films. Oh, okay. Yeah, because first he was Jenning, like a scientist guy, the head of whatever Tim Robbins was a part of, I guess. Uh, and he, we learn that he is in charge of this, um, ray gun that made the portal that sucked Howard there. And then he basically also sucks in a demon or something, which takes over his body. So he has to, he has to speak in a silly voice for a lot of the film. It's true. He does have a really silly alien voice. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm dead. Jennings dead. <laughs> I'm not me anymore. I'm someone else. <laughs> Right, I guess his makeup kind of progresses throughout the film. And then there's the amazing scene where Howard throws back to see another show with Leah Thompson, and he gets accosted by some gang, and then he tells them that he has space rabies. Oh, is that the baby face guy? Yeah. Yeah, he had, like, creepy baby doll faces all over his jacket, and they call him baby face or something. Which I thought was really weird, because it's made in the 80s, so it's like, it's supposed to be, like, an AIDS reference? Like, that's pretty dark. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The people on the streets of Cleveland were pretty dark, like kind of like grungy, hipster, like, I don't know, sea urchins. And then, of course, Leah Thompson invites this duck back to her house where we get this amazing scene of her romping around on her underwear, just like <laughs> really trying to pick up Howard the duck. Yeah. And so all she gets to do is kiss Howard on the beak because he's like whoa she's all over howard she's like why not let's just try it out what's the worst that could happen come on right and he of course only likes i guess women who are hard to get or only duck women we don't know yet i'm a human female and you're a anthropomorphic duck yeah he's like this is just wrong yeah so i think one uh important question this movie begs is does bestiality in fact defy the laws of nature as some of the characters say <laughs> yeah so where, where where does the audience come down on this that's that is a yeah question. maybe george lucas is hoping to introduce this idea with a character that you might like because howard the duck like saves women throughout this movie from getting raped and stuff or attacked and yet in star wars you very rarely if ever see like a interspecies like love thing there hmm you're right unless jar jar and anakin had a secret affair I sure hope so. <laughs> then we get a good look at uh, Howard's like advanced animatronics. That duck is like all decked out with like eyebrow motors. He's got like a frill that comes up. Yep, tuft of feathers. How much did you say that uh, suit cost to make? Like millions uh, of dollars? Yeah, 
either it was there was like a hundred thousand dollars or maybe like ten million dollars, something like really insane. Wow. And you could tell throughout the film that it wasn't like one actor wearing the suit. Like they just switch it out as needed. <laughs> so anyone can wear this suit and be Howard. So no one got the credit for it or I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there was one credited person who was just like Well, for the, voice, the voice there's someone, yeah. Yeah. And then probably there's like in the credits would be like a team of stunt people or actors or something. And then we have a taxi cab scene where Howard like just starts busting out a bunch of movie quotes. He says he could have been a contender, and then he's like, <laughs> of all the apartments I could have walked into, of all the gin joints. Oh, right, because he had to find Leah Thompson. Yeah, so it's at Casablanca. So that must have been late night in the scriptwriters thing. They're like, we're writing Howard the Duck, what the fuck are our lives? <laughs> Just throw in some classic lines. It'll be fine. I mean, the main, the main joke is that there is no joke, and the most serious moments are pretty much the same as the stupidest moments. Just depends on your point of view, Pablo. <laughs> that's true um oh and i have to point out that uh jenning as a demon his plan did not make any sense really because he was trying to open up the portal to bring back his other demon friends from the demon world right he wanted to colonize the earth oh were they from a demon dimension maybe howard was from another dimension then and it's like a parallel dimension of duck humans so I think when we see that science lab, that's what, like, that machine that Jennings is working on does. It, like, opens a portal to other dimensions. To other dimensions. Okay, so yeah, so... so... knowingly he pulls Howard from the duck world into a... Right, they're just testing it or something. Right, exactly. It's like a random test, and then they find the feathers, so that's how they know that it was Howard. Right, that got sucked like through. Makes sense, which absolutely... Oh, yeah, they try to say... Right, because he didn't just get transported into their portal room like the demon does later. He got transported into an alleyway for some reason. It was weird. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Maybe they shut the beam off halfway through and somehow that happened instead. Right. So they were just like testing it. They kind of screwed Howard over because he wants to get back to his duck planet this whole time. However, the demon wants to bring back all his demon friends. So he kidnaps Leah Thompson to be the vessels for his demon friends to live in. But I'm not sure if they're all supposed to live in there, like, Malkovich style, or how that was ever going to work. Well, I think later at the end you see, like, three demons coming through, so maybe it's going to be Howard, Tim Robbins, and Liam Oh. Thompson. Yeah, he didn't necessarily plan that. They just happened to be in there, so it was going to work out no matter what. Because there are no accidents in the universe. Exactly. Before that, we get an amazing scene in a diner where... Uh, we get some police harassment of Howard, which makes me kind of wonder, like, maybe it's supposed to be, like, a racial commentary. Mm. Uh, we get some references to duck hunts. We have the amazing scene where Jennings oh. tells us that he's no longer Jennings. He's someone else. Yeah, he has to have a conversation with himself. He's like, I am dead. And then he immediate, and then he has to speak in the other voice for the rest of the time. And then he's like, I'm this demon. But, yeah. Um, and there's a family in the diner who's, who are like, we don't care for this duck's antics. And frankly, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he kind of has um, a little tiff with like the duck hunting community or whatever. He learns that like it's duck hunting season mm. um, because, yeah, he's like watching television or something in a window. People are pretty anti Howard in that diner scene. And finally, we have somewhat acknowledged the weirdness of there being a tiny talking duck when someone calls the police and he's like, well, I realized it wasn't Halloween, and that was my first clue that this guy might not be 
Oh, right. She thought it was a kid. That's right. In a costume. (laughs) Yeah. So Jennings goes full demon in that scene. Yeah. And then he's like, he's wielding all the powers that earlier in the film, Tim Robbins hypothesized that Howard would have. (laughs) Oh, right, right. Tim Robbins was like, can you read my mind? Can you do all these things? Because you're an alien. And that immediately made Howard hate Tim Robbins for the rest of the film. We get some nice uh, effects work, and by that I mean, like, some big explosions. Jennings <laughs> starts wrecking up the diner and cars. Oh yeah, he shoots some lasers out of his hands or whatever. Leah Thompson gets some nice screaming in. Just probably how she got the job, frankly. Oh yeah, that it was like a creepy sexual moment where uh, the Jenning, the demon-faced one, like, grazes her thigh. or Like, he ties her up grazes her thigh it's kind of creepy she's pretty much a sexual object in this i would definitely want to see this turn into a gta mod uh i'd want to see the hot duck mod come out where you right like play as howard and abduct cars and fly in planes and do all the shit he does in the movie yeah they show him watching like um daffy duck and other ducks on tv presumably donald duck so it's pretty much a way for women to live out their childhood sex fantasies about these anthropomorphic duck cartoons. Because <laughs> he's an adult and he, you know, has condoms. Disney, always three steps ahead. George Lucas at least encourages safe duck alien sex. The police immediately assume that Howard is a terrorist, so they immediately o- order all their men to shoot at him when he and Tim Rom have somehow gotten themselves into a plane. Oh, right. Do they, they say shoot to kill? Oh, yeah. So he's flying a plane because he has to overcome his Ducks fear of flying, of course. So he is growing as a person throughout this film. That's true. He's becoming slightly less crotchety and maybe more open That's to well. having sex with Leah Thompson. <laughs> Especially because by the end, they have to destroy the portal. So he's really stuck on Earth forever. Oh, God, you're right. That's yeah. a good existentialist... Uh... Yeah, he's alone forever now. If there had been Howard the Duck 2, Howard's Revenge. <laughs> the last reel of the film really turns into an effects sequence. It's kind of tra- kind of Ghostbusters-y, but really bad. Yeah, bad version of Ghostbusters. Or the gun, the portal ray gun. So Howard jumps on a car that just happens to have like a mounted laser thing on oh, it. Of he's course. He's shooting that at like the fully demonized form of the Jennings monster. Right, Tim Robbins, I guess, tells him where the gun is, and then Howard, of course, does the firing. And that includes some of the worst effects I've ever seen ILM create, like, way worse than anything you've ever seen in Star Wars. (laughs) It's, like, really shitty stop-motion animation. Yeah, I guess they put all the money into the duck suit. Of what I can only describe as a vagina dentata scorpion demon. Oh, yeah. And his, his long tongue to drink energy oh, or whatever was kind of, I we realized was kind of duck penis-like, so that imagery is kind of like long and corkscrew-shaped. Very subconscious imagery, George Lucas. Nice, nice try. Right. He knew he couldn't show Howard naked because they even like strip search Howard looking for like seams of a costume, but they get him down to his, bo- this is like the police get him down to his boxers and then they kind of refuse to go any deeper than that. Right, and that must have been, like, the really expensive Howard suit, like, that they busted out for that one scene. Oh, the full body. The rest is definitely a man in the suit, yeah. Right. (laughs) Wow. So we have the great scene of, uh, the demon charging his lasers. That goes on for a really long time. Right, because he literally charges from, he can charge from, like, your car charger or anything. 
the computer display, of course, has a ridiculous sign on it, which says just activate lasers with like a lot of question marks. <laughs> just like you see in any science lab. Yep, you just press the button. And then they pretty much destroy the portal, which instantly causes all the like extra demons to get sucked back to wherever they came from. We cut it just in time. Destroy Jennings and we get our big happy ending after like a lot of tortured humor. It, a right. Lot of tortured humor. Yeah, there is that bit of uh, existentialist twist of the fact that Howard can never go back home. Because for some reason, I guess they can never make this portal gun again. I mean, I for one can't wait for Disney Marvel to release their new version of Howard the Duck. Yes. Oh gosh. See what they would make of it. Right, since he was in the end credit or post credit scene of Guardians in the Galaxy, so they're totally gonna make. You know, Howard the Duck reboot. This is canon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so what's your overall take on this film, Pablo? I guess my question is, I still don't understand how this movie got made. <laughs> yeah, my favorite uh, fact that I read about this was that while the writer says that it's um, an existentialist comic book, the screenwriter of the film says that uh, it's a film about a duck from outer space. It's not supposed to be an existential experience. So clearly they're going at it from completely different lenses. It lost all of its humor. And even though there's an existentialist story there, it's not, they're not even aware of it. <laughs> Translation, I didn't read the comic and I just shot this out over a weekend. <laughs> In the comic, he really looks like Donald the Duck, too. Yeah, so. uh, from all reports, the comic itself is actually supposed to be, like, really good satire, actually good, like, dark humor. Right. Uh, yeah, it's probably supposed to be, like, edgy attacks at, like, Disney and shit. In tone, I'd say it's very similar to Fritz the Cat, that X-rated cartoon from the 70s. Yeah, basically it is sexualizing childhood characters. <laughs> I mean, my only hope is that after this movie was made, they would release uh, Lee Thompson's hit song, I'm Fucking a Duck. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, because they perform a song at the end. Right, because I guess she... I'm fucking a duck. I guess we decided that she must have wanted to promote herself as a musician or something, because she got to, like, do a music video at the end with Howard, and all the f women fans are like, woo! So I guess by the end, everyone's okay with having sex with Howard. That's that's another thing they yeah, overcome on planet manager, Earth. Everyone's fine with it. Yeah. With the duck. They want to fuck a duck. Yeah, all the, like, basically he's a sex star now on Earth and back on Duck Planet, if he ever went back. <laughs> My favorite fact about this movie is that apparently, like, it bombed so badly, and this is, like, at a time when uh, George Lucas had just built Skywalker Ranch, so he's in badly in need of a hit. <laughs> yes. And because of how badly it bombed, he was forced to sell uh, the animation department of LucasArts to Steve Jobs. And then Steve Jobs would turn that into Pixar, which, of course, we all know now is, like, a mega, <laughs> mega hit maker. Yeah, for kids, unlike Howard the Duck. <laughs> you know, for kids. Yeah, so is Howard the Duck uh, Duck American Graffiti or something? Right, so the screenwriters of this had actually also written Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom previously. Mm -hmm. And before that, they wrote American Graffiti, which really surprised me, because of course that film got a lot of like recognition and awards, and it's really well regarded. So I think George Lucas probably just like called in a favor and said, uh, I need someone to write this film that I have the rights for. 
And then they were just like, all right, we'll do it. But they didn't put that much effort into it, clearly. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess, uh, well, American Graffiti is like a coming-of-age story, but Howard the Duck has already kind of, like, lived a life, been there, done that. He's kind of bored now with his stability. So he's, I feel like he does kind of represent the George Lucas fanboy or something, like having a midlife crisis, and this is, like, his bad acid trip where he regains confidence or something. Ooh, maybe this film was supposed to be George Lucas's existential thing because his whole thing is he like was sort of forced to keep doing Star Wars because it's so huge, but really he had like a bunch of other things he wanted to do. Like his first film, uh, THX 1147, mm-hmm. that was like slightly darker, more cynical. Uh, so I think he wanted to do like serious films and then he just had to keep making like these kid films. So that's my theory, is that he really only made Star Wars so he could fund Howard the Duck, which is his true passion project. Yeah, I guess, yeah, he is Howard. He identifies with Howard and probably Jar Jar. He is a duck. He doesn't have a duck fetish. He wants the world to love him, even though he's truly a duck. That's all. He just wants to be loved. You heard it here first, folks. George Lucas is a duck. (laughs) A space duck. A space duck. (laughs) So what else is there to say about this film other than then... Leah Thompson was giving it her all. Tim Robbins was really hamming up the place. The villain was bizarre. The main character is like totally unlikable. All the jokes are terrible. Yeah, Tim. Oh, it's very nonsensical. Yes, Tim Robbins was way too over the top. I remember watching this film when I was a kid with my brother, and he we just like both hated it. Like we fell asleep like probably two thirds of the way in. Like, <laughs> barely understood any of it. I'm sure all the, like, sex references, like, went way over our heads. Oh, gosh. Which is good, I guess. You were like, why isn't this a Donald Duck film? Yeah, where's Donald Duck? Where's Roger Rabbit? Oh, right, and I guess in addition to the sex, the other thing that made Howard adult was that he smoked cigars. He's like, he likes smoking cigars. So he's pretty much a crotchety duck who smokes cigars and hates everyone. Yeah, he's supposed to be, like, an anti-hero, but instead they try to make him into, like, a cutesy, like, family-friendly thing. <laughs> yeah. I totally did not get it. I don't know if, what else there is to say. Yeah, I think that pretty much says it all on this first iteration of the Cinemazing Chats podcast. Signing off, I'm Pablo. I'm Erica. It was good chatting with you. Yeah, have a good night, folks.